0: United Airlines is preparing to fire almost 600 employees who refuse to get vaccinated. Stock, a little changed. Let's bring in Tim Lesko back with us, the partner at Granite Investment Advisors and an airline stock owner. Uh, Good to have you here, uh, Tim. So uh, what do you think about this story? Does this type of stuff matter for an investor right now? Doesn't seem like the stock market's too upset about this or happy about it.
1: Well, the stock market's really gonna try to look through both the political, social, and, and healthcare parts of all of this and try to figure out how much it affects their earnings. And certainly it is a difficult situation that these companies are in. Uh, they do not want to shed labor force at a time where labor is very, very difficult to come by and getting increasingly expensive, uh, particularly in the airline business, which is heavily unionized. So I'm, I'm not surprised. They laid down this gauntlet some time ago that they were going to force everybody to have vaccines. And if there's a portion of their population that didn't, I don't think they were left with much choice. Um, it is certainly their prerogative. but. So far with 600 people, about 3% of their workforce does not seem like it's gonna be a significant earnings hit. In the recovery that uh, hopefully is underway here
0: uh, as uh, the businesses uh, continue to try and adapt, get workers, travel, events uh, starting to uh, uh, also not just begin again, but uh, maintain some of the activity levels that have risen over the last four or five months. What's going to determine which airlines do the best, or uh, does it change in a post-COVID world, or whatever you want to call it, versus pre-COVID? I mean, is it just back down to fees as always, or are there going to be decisions about, uh, you know, style and uh, uh, rules, uh, perhaps as well?
1: Right, and I, you know, I don't think that airlines have ever been really successful at generating loyalty, other than in fares and route convenience. So for the Discount airlines who have simpler route patterns and simpler aircraft, you know, that they've been able to increase and decrease capacity that they needed. But for the majors like United and Delta and American, they really need the return of the business traveler and they re- need the return of the international leisure traveler and business traveler. That was all on pace and happening before the Delta variant. We saw a bit of a pause during the Delta variant, but if you listen to the CEO of United today, bookings are up, future bookings are up, and European bookings are significantly up. So things are looking good for those who have those routes and have those complex route systems. Um, what this means for profitability is pretty much yet to be seen, but labor costs are a big part of what the airlines do. It's that and it's fuel costs and they're getting no relief on the fuel side at this point either.
0: Now, with the big move we've gotten in crude, uh, is it worth going through the analysis of which airlines hedge oil costs? And that conversation, we haven't had it in a while, but with uh, crude ripping again, is there any distinguishing factor for fundamentals on how a business handles those prices?
1: I think it's either they're going to hedge or they're not going to hedge. And over the long run, it seems to wash itself out. So we really don't want them to be financial hedgers in their business. We want them to run good airlines. Sure. And what it really means is that the need for fuel-efficient aircraft on all these routes becomes larger, and that then is also an expense. So there's a pretty good read-through to the aerospace plays as oil continues to go up those newer aircraft, the 737s from Boeing, the A350s, and 787s from Airbus and Boeing, respectively, are 20 to 25 percent more fuel efficient. So these big airlines, if they have deep pockets enough to continue to invest in aircraft, can really separate themselves from the competition who cannot.
0: Tim, what what do you like uh, most in the space? Uh, We've talked about Southwest before. We're talking about United here. Are there favorites
1: that you have? Uh, you know, right now, I think our, our favorite business model will always be Southwest. We look yeah. at the entire space right now and think that the easy money's been made, right? Mm-hmm. We came off the bottom. We see that the planes are filling up and that they've all had a pretty good run. And now it's whether or not they're profitable going forward. So we're in a wait and see, maybe a holding pattern is the right analogy for the business um, to see who kind of rights, right sizes themselves with the right aircraft going on the right routes.
0: Okay, so in terms of price action, it seems like you're not expecting too much in the short run.
1: No, not expecting a whole lot in the short run. We're we're very happy to see that the Delta variant hasn't totally thrown the sector in in disarray as it did last year. But now that the easy money's been made, it's going to be really hard with the amount of debt they all took on during the the pandemic to see that future profitability is all that great. Interesting. You had some graphics on before that before my appearance here showing basically touchless bag tags and all of the technologies they've put in to eliminate the need for some labor. And Mm -hmm. I think that trend will continue. So there's some profitability to be had as they modernize their systems.
0: Hey Tim, just to be clear in terms of uh, where your holdings are in the airline space, and when we talked about this months ago, early on in the recovery, I know you were along some of these companies we talked about. Are, are you holding on to these or have you shaved off and taken profits according to what you're describing here as maybe a uh, run up that has limited from here?
1: Yeah, we ended up, you know, we we, we added a pretty big position in Southwest last summer uh, when it was the. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, the most. Difficult decisions to make, and then earlier this year we we parted ways with that position and are on a wait and see, mm. see if these things get cheap enough to their future earnings. So right now we are out of we are out of the sector uh, until we see valuations come into to more reasonable levels.
0: Is there anything that you'd put in the reopening category that does still look juicy for a return?
1: Well, I think you know we still own Disney. If you want to put that as a reopening category okay. for travel right? The streaming business did just fine, but now it's going to the theme parks again. It's going to conferences. People don't recognize how big the conference industry is. It's really important for airlines, and it's really important for large hotels and those destinations where they're held.
0: Fantastic conversation, Tim. Thanks for the clarity on uh, your own execution of the strategy and uh, walking us through uh, the limitations perhaps at this point. Good to have you back. Thanks for having me. Tim Lesko's Granite Investment Advisors joining us from the firm and Looking at Disney is maybe a better way to get some reopening exposure than a pure airline stock at this point.